job up. Oh, job up. Welcome, my friends, to the Moon Jockeys podcast. <laughs> An in-depth discussion of Star Wars themes, characters, and storylines. Now, here are your hosts, Katie and Brian. Welcome to another edition of the Moon Jockeys Podcast. I'm Brian, one of your co-hosts. Katie, it's nice to be with you again. Hi, good evening, Brian. It's good to be with you, too. And, of course, our listeners, welcome, welcome in. <laughs> it's great to be here. I'm super excited for tonight's episode. We have a topic that I just absolutely adore. <laughs> I'm really excited, and I'm I'm anxious to find out if I can get through this topic without crying, honestly. Yeah, I think just... today's show is going to be near and dear to our hearts. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've noticed our name but it has its origins based with princess leia you know i was getting along fine before i met you two moon jockeys tonight's topic we're gonna list our top five princess leia moments in the star wars saga so that's gonna be very exciting (laughs) you mean to say the star wars saga thus far i i'm wondering if uh the last jedi will have (laughs) leia moments that knock all five of these oh that's a good point yeah (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how Leia steps up in The Last Jedi. Um, maybe too excited. <laughs> we'll find out. The Last Jedi but, is uh, going to be such an emotional roller coaster. Uh, having it be her last film and oh gosh, when it when it like irises out and then says for Carrie, like I'm calling it right now. That's what it's going to somewhere in the credits. It's going to say for Carrie, and I'm going to lose it. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, I will have already lost it, to be honest. <laughs> the emotional roller coaster that Last Jedi is sure to be by the end of it, I'll, I'll probably be dehydrated from all my tears, and I'll just need to be wheeled out of the theater on a stretcher. <laughs> but then, like, seeing four Carrie somewhere in the credits, that'll be the last nail on my coffin. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any honorable mentions of your top, from your top five moments? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Let's just jump right into it and talk about our favorite Leia moments. Now, uh, I have three honorable mentions, which I think, Brian, we decided was going to be our cap as far as honorable mentions go, because then otherwise I would just go on forever and list every Leia moment. Yeah. So the three, the first of the three that I picked was that I thought I'd be remiss if I didn't at least bring up the hut slaying in Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when Leia wraps her, you know, chains of bondage around Jabba's neck and strangles the life out of him. It's it's very satisfying, and it is a compelling image where literally her her slavery chains are being used to kill Jabba. That's, that's very, very provocative. But I just can't make hut slaying part of my top five because the whole gold bikini thing makes me so uncomfortable <laughs> it's like it just does i mean um i of course if someone wants to cosplay 
you know, gold bikini Leia. If 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 they if they find that empowering and fun, and they love how Leia takes back her agency so fiercely, and they want to honor it by cosplaying the Hut Slayer, that is amazing. Go for it. But I just I can never quite divorce myself from how I felt when I first saw Return of the Jedi when I was seven years old, mm-hmm. and seeing Leia seeing her agency taken away like that and then forced to dress in that way and and chained up like that made me so uncomfortable. And it was kind of one of the first moments where I was aware that people treat women differently, where, you know, Han and Luke are taken off to be sentenced to death, but Leia, you know, Jabba draws her in close and licks his lips and he's oh, treating so her. gross. It's so gross, exactly, and and that just made me so uncomfortable. And it and I'm like, well, he's only treating her this way because she's a girl, and it's, and of course, Leia takes back her agency. It's that is a really powerful moment, and that's really cool. But I can never quite bring myself to endorse it, <laughs> like and like endorse the gold bikini, even with that great payoff. Yeah, I. Um, these things don't exist in a vacuum. I don't exist in a vacuum and I can never really forget how I felt when I was seven. And I'm just kind of like, you know, if we could have spared tiny me that anguish, then maybe that would have been great. It did seem a bit awkward, but I'm glad in mm-hmm. today's, uh, society that they have coined the term, the hut slayer. Uh, exactly. Yeah. They've made They've made that canon. It showed up in uh, in the Bloodlines book uh, about General Organa, uh, about Leia's journey to uh, in in the year before uh, Force Awakens. So uh, they they that's a term people refer to her by as as a term of honor. Right. Uh, people who hate the Huts look at Leia and call her the Hut Slayer. And I love that. I love that we're kind of like reclaiming this thing for Leia and turning it into an empowering thing and not a demeaning thing, which you know of course is all is all wonderful. Which is which is why it it even makes my honorable mentions. Why I feel like I it's something I have to talk about. It's uh there's there's a lot to unpack. Obviously, <laughs> we'll <laughs> have know? a lot of more conversations on her uh, ability to <laughs> handle herself. Like oh, in the absolutely. Mm-hmm. What was your second honorable mention? Uh, my second honorable mention was I wanted I really like how Leia comforts Luke right after Obi Wan dies. It, of course people make a joke like wow luke <laughs> the girl who just lost her entire home planet is comforting you who just like lost your karate teacher <laughs> you know <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous in a way but it's also just really human that leia sees someone who's in pain and puts aside her pain to bring him comfort she is such a leader in that way and such a compassionate person i think it's quite lovely how she just you know she she sets aside her grief you know she has a line like that later doesn't she where she says you know now is not the time for our sorrows when someone expresses remorse over alderaan yeah she's just like not now but she sees that luke's not doing okay he's really torn up about seeing his mentor die and leia she's there for him that's really sweet i like it and then my third honorable mention is when Leia says, I love you in uh, Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> which like, right. Uh, you would think that I would go for the one in Return of the Jedi where she says, I know, because that's really cool how she flips it back on him. 
but I, I think it's just such a great character moment how in Empire Strikes Back, she spends that whole movie not letting herself feel what she feels. She doesn't let herself have her emotions and have her feelings, you know, cause, cause falling in love with anybody, you know, especially Han Solo who could cut and run at any moment, having feelings for anybody would be extremely inconvenient right now. And of course, Leia's like later, I'll deal with this later. You know, when Han Solo wants her to say that she cares about him, her response yeah. is, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> It's That's kind such... of a powerful moment when you say I love you for the first time in a relationship. I know oh, yeah, too. when uh, I said it to my wife, it was kind of a big deal. Oh, exactly. But then just the pure, when she finally says it, I think it's, you know, it's because she wishes she said it sooner. Yeah. She has all this regret that she didn't say it sooner, that she didn't admit what she knew was true and that is that she loves him and han just looks at her and says i know and and to me that that has always meant that he didn't he's been bugging her this whole movie say it admit how you feel come on just just admit it already and when she finally does he's like i i know he always knew he didn't need to hear her say it and he doesn't need to hear it now because he knows it they both have always known it but it's it's just really nice to say out loud, and and I think he he like he absolves her of that guilt, you know, because she has all this regret that she didn't say it sooner, and he's just like it's okay, I I always knew. Do you think he said it first, like he had said it off camera? That he had said that he loved her. Yeah. No, I don't think he did. Well, maybe he did. You know what? I'll come. Yes, I'll I'll, I'll change my mind. I, I like to think that he said that he at least cares about her, like out of, you know, all the reasons to stay. She's the biggest. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he would have made that clear to her. But she would have been like, not now. <laughs> the rebellion we need. Well, what about I need? No, the, the rebellion needs you. That's that's what's important. And Han would have been so very disappointed by that. But then, of course, he he knows he knows what the truth is. What about you? What are your honorable mentions? I think um, my first honorable mention comes from The Force Awakens. Uh, their conversation on... Uh, what is the... Dakar? Is that the name of the base? Takadana? No. Oh, no. no that, that's, that was... You're right. That's where uh, Maz Kanata was, was Takadana. I don't remember where the resistance base is. It's in the Ilenium system. Yeah. <laughs> I know that. Well, <laughs> and then I get a little thumbs up from BB-8. <laughs> pretty much the conversation between Han and Leia in the base when Han is like, I was just trying to help. And Leia says, when has that ever made a difference? And then she immediately says, and don't bring up the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> that just made me laugh so hard because that sounds like an old married couple where he has used that time and time again to prove that his efforts can make a difference. And she's <laughs> just tired of hearing yeah. it, you know what I mean? Like, she's tired of having that thrown in her face. <laughs> yeah. she, she knows, she knows all, like, she knows what he's going to say before he even says it. <laughs> she knows all of his tricks every answer to every snarky remark she already knows what he's gonna say and she's so over it she's so done yeah 
Yeah, it's super good. Yeah. That totally reminded me of. <laughs> And then oh. her conversation with him a little bit later about their son. Mm-hmm. And Han is like, uh, Luke couldn't save him. What could I do? And she reaffirms the fact that there's a special bond between a father and a son that is different than a mentor. And um, she says that he still has light in him. Um, I think that that was just very powerful as being a dad. Touched the heartstrings for me. Um, yeah, no, it's it's very sweet, I think, that moment. And then it's exceptionally heartbreaking when you then remember, you know, later on when she asks him, if you see our son, bring him home. If she hadn't asked that of him, would Han Solo have gone out there on that bridge to, you know, confront Kylo? I mean, maybe he would have. He would have maybe felt compelled to do that on his own because that's his, that's his baby boy. How does he not go out there? Oh, yeah. But I think Leia specifically asking him to do that is what gave him that extra push. And so that's, that's super heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think my second uh, honorable mention is from Empire Strikes Back when Leia is given the pilots the flight orders before the Battle of Hoth. She is so in charge of that meeting. and Oh my gosh, point, yes. And every pilot is just captivated by her orders and just soaking in what their their plan of attack is they depend on her leadership um and it just really shows what kind of character she has um and how much she's trusted and then uh and, uh, i just think that that's kind of an important moment especially if you look at how that is reflected in padme mm-hmm. uh, she had a similar moment where she was giving flight orders and i thought that that was kind of cool yeah, no, about yeah, about that scene in Empire. I do it I do like how every every eye is on her. You're right. They're captivated by her because she's the leader and you know, heaven help them if they miss a single word. And I've I've actually um I saw on Tumblr somebody talking about that scene where you kind of notice the way it's shot. Leia is is the opposite of on a platform. You know, she is so much shorter than everybody in that circle, you know, listening to her. And yet she commands their attention. She commands that entire scene that you would think almost that she's raised up on a dais the way everybody's looking at her and the way she commands them. But she's not. She's completely sunken in. Right. <laughs> because she's so tiny. But you, but you forget how small she is because she just fills up the space like that. Oh, she's so she's so cool. She's such a leader. You're right. Just like Padme, there there are echoes there uh, between mother and daughter, which is very very cool. So, what was your uh, number five top moment of Leia? Yes, let's get into it. All right, all right, here we go. <laughs> this is where we start getting into stuff that might make me cry. I don't know. Let's see if I can hold it together. <laughs> you can get to the My... first couple. I think. Maybe, yeah. Oh, by the time we get to number one, I'll be gone. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> number five for me was when Leia senses Han's death in The Force Awakens. Oh, I'm getting choked up already. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I can't. Go on without me. <laughs> what was it about that moment that, that was so special for you? Uh, well, for me, one... I think you can uh, ask the question, is she sensing Han's death or is she sensing Ben's pain? Because as far as we know, Han isn't force sensitive. 
So, you know, does he send ripples through the force that Leia would be able to pick up on? Or is she entirely picking up on Ben there? Maybe both. It could entirely be both, that she's feeling both her husband and her son. But just the fact that the camera takes the time to cut from Ben and Han having this really intense moment to then Leia entire system away sensing it and being so overwhelmed that she has to sit down and compose herself because we've never really seen Leia like that before you could argue we, we saw her like that after uh, Luke gave her the lore bomb that hey guess what Darth Vader's your dad and I'm your brother <laughs> yeah she she needed she needed a moment and she couldn't even really talk to Han about it and all all she could really do is say hold me and then that that was very oh what's the right word i'm looking for that that was so intimate mm-hmm. that she allowed herself to to kind of break down a little bit and even even when she's breaking down she's so composed she doesn't weep she doesn't scream she just kind of has to look inward at herself and kind of figure out what's going on uh but we've never the the camera has never really taken the time to give Leia that sort of screen time, that sort of space where she gets to be a fully realized character and have thoughts and feelings and maybe be conflicted about something, maybe be torn up about something. Uh, I remember when Alderaan is destroyed, the camera cares more about cutting to how Obi-Wan feels about it. Obi-Wan has to sit down. It's all of a sudden, it's all about Obi-Wan when Leia just lost her home. What what's going on with her in this moment? Nobody cares, and nobody. You know, I don't. I don't really think George Lucas cared. He cared more about Obi Wan. He wasn't really interested in making Leia, you know, uh, letting her be vulnerable. She had to be so strong. You know, I think her feeling Ben's pain could be a very uh, poignant and powerful thing. I think that that actually is more. Um, verified in canon uh, mm-hmm. like if you remember in Attack of the Clones when Anakin falls and he kills the sand people the Tusken mm-hmm. Raiders uh, Yoda's meditating and he's he says that he feels Anakin's pain mm-hmm. um, it's not that he senses death or anything like that it's, it's his pain um, so I think that it could be Ben's pain that Leia is feeling at that moment and, and not not so much Han's death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever whatever it is though, that it could knock Leia off her feet is profound. Leia Leia is always composed. Leia is always she sets it aside and deals with it later. Compartmentalized, I think is the word for that. She knows how to compartmentalize. Yeah. But in this moment, no, she is so overwhelmed she has to sit down and just the fact that we get to see it, we get to see her be vulnerable in that moment makes her a fully realized character. And I, I, <laughs> it, that means a lot to me that we can have moments like that now where uh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily that our female characters have to be strong all the time. That's, that was a thing in cinema uh, through most of the 90s and the early 2000s where uh, a female character had to be strong. If she wasn't strong all the time, 
then then she was weak and she just she couldn't be on the screen nobody wants to see that nobody wants to see a woman cry you know we have to have these strong female role models for little girls well it's like well you know you can be both you can be strong and be a person these moments of vulnerability are what will make you strong i think so that's why that moment's really really important to me that's a good one that's a lot to think about Mm -hmm. i think my number five is uh comes from return of the jedi it's leia and wicket on endor when uh wicket finds her she tries to talk to him he obviously doesn't speak basic uh so she tries to appeal to another another way of thinking so she offers him some of her rations like food are you hungry (laughs) and to show her good intentions and to uh, make new friends uh, with uh, the Ewoks I know with my friends some of the best times I spend with them is eating together and so just sharing a simple meal with friends is a great way to like get to know new people um, and to have good conversations um, so I think that Leia is very smart uh, to, to reach out in that way to, to give Wicked food um, and to just make alliances with the Ewoks I have uh, the little golden books and um, one of the uh, I am a princess book for the Ewoks it says a princess is an ambassador of goodwill and makes new friends wherever she goes um, and I think that that's kind of proof correct in the way that she t- uh, deals with Wicked yeah well I mean you're, you're right when you say that there's no way for them to communicate verbally he, he doesn't speak basic and she doesn't speak I don't know what you call the Ewok language uh, so there's no way for them to communicate in that way so she communicates to him in a way in which they can relate, you know, they, they're both not human, but we all eat. (laughs) This is something they can sit down and they both understand. He understands the intention there that she is sharing her food with him. And that's, I, I, again, I want to say it's a human moment. I know wicked isn't human, but there is something very sweet and very genuine in that she would, as you say, sit down and break bread with him. It, it, you know, establishes them as equals. It gives them even footing. And from there, they're able to build an understanding and become friends. And that's what he opens up and is able to trust her and take her back to the Ewok village, you know, lead her to help. And, and then you just remember how Leia's mother was a diplomat. That's, that was always Padme's way was she wanted to find common ground with everyone. That's, that's the, that's the essence of diplomacy is you start by finding common ground and then find a solution that works the best for everyone. And you can see that living on in Leia. And it's really sweet. You're right. That's a good moment. What was your number four? My number four, speaking of Padme, <laughs> is when Leia remembers Padme in Return of the Jedi. It's just, it's so sweet that Leia is able to carry on Padme's memory in this way, especially since we go through the entire OT 
talking about Vader and and Luke's like, what was my father? Hey, what about my father? You knew my father. <laughs> Everything's about his dad, and his mom doesn't come up until he until Luke brings it up with Leia at the end of Return of the Jedi, and um, even though it was later uh, in in the PT, uh, it, we we see that. Leia didn't actually get to spend any time with her mother in that way because Padme died in childbirth. Yeah. It is it is nice that Leia does somehow through the Force or whatever carry some memories of Padme, and then she's able to share it with Luke. And the reason that's important to me is that Luke <laughs> always kind of knows... He, he comes into this scene knowing way more than Leia. <laughs> he, he's about to drop a huge lore bomb on her, mm-hmm. and yet here's something that she can share with him. Here's something she knows that he doesn't know. He has no memories of his mother, and yet she does, and she's able to share it, and they, they I think in that moment, they, they really do become siblings where they're able to bond over over Padme, and that's that's really nice. It's very very sweet. Doesn't Leia have a moment where she travels to Naboo and goes into the royal palace hangar? <laughs> yes. Feels cold. Um, yes, that's what that's in uh, the Leia comic. I I haven't really kept up with that one. I think it might be over. Gosh, somebody's gonna rail at me <laughs> and tell me the correct answer. But uh, but yeah, there there's a whole whole to do with Leia going to Naboo and she sees Padme's portrait and uh, and uh, well she sees Queen Queen Amidala's portrait you know uh, Padme in full regalia and she has kind of a vision of Padme looking directly at her and then Leia blinks and and the and the portrait has gone back to normal it's it's not staring at her anymore and she's kind of like huh what was that that's weird but then you're right. There's another scene where Leia walks into the into the hangar, where uh, where Anakin climbed into the the pod racer, not the pod racer. Gosh, oh, that would have been different. <laughs> he climbs into the Nindaboo starfighter, and where uh, Maul and Obi Wan and Qui Gon started their duel of the fates. Yeah. And as those hangar doors open, and and Pad not Padme, uh, Leia stands where Maul once stood. She is suddenly she suddenly feels cold. She feels some sort of memory in the Force of I guess what Maul was feeling. Maybe in a way she's sensing Padme's dread, like her mother's dread, because you remember you know Padme was in that scene too, oh, yeah. and she saw Maul as those hangar doors open, and Padme was like, "We'll go the we'll long, long way." way. Exactly. We'll <laughs> go the other Padme's, way. Padme's like, "I'm out." Especially when you remember that Maul is specifically there to kidnap Padme yeah. and or kill her. Like, Padme's like, no. <laughs> she wants none of that. <laughs> yeah. uh. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, what's your number four? Yeah, let's let's move on to yours. Oh, it's uh, Luke's recovering in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> when she calls Han Solo... <laughs> <laughs> you stuck up half-witted scruffy looking nerf herder <laughs> and han is just like who's scruffy looking <laughs> like, like he's he's not even gonna bother to refute the rest of it <laughs> he, she is so sassy and i kind of love it like she knows how to give it back that's for sure oh, i love that yeah she's not having any of it like Han Solo is being so full of himself, and she's just gonna tear him right back down. She's like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, 
She has to no, you know, like like on a scale of one to ten, Padme. I keep trying to call her Padme. Leia is a solid eleven, and she has to remind Han that he's a five. Like she's way out of his league. <laughs> she has to remind him, be like, no, you're you're not all you think you are. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What was your number three? For me, number three is when Leia stands up to Tarkin and Vader in A New Hope. Oh, yeah. I guess I guess I'm cheating because I, I'm I, in that I'm I'm thinking about when Leia stands up to Vader at the very beginning of the movie when she says, uh, 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 you know, only you would be so bold. Yeah. <laughs> Where like she is caught red-handed with the Death Star plans, and she's standing there going, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> she says it with every conviction. She's just like, I'm on a diplomatic mission to Alder. <laughs> she's committed to that story. She's not budging. <laughs> Vader's like, I saw you. <laughs> I saw someone, it must have been on Twitter or Tumblr. Somebody was saying uh, like, oh, thank goodness. We finally have a canonical reason for why Vader didn't recognize that it's his own daughter standing right in front of him, especially since everybody goes on and on about how much Leia resembles Padme. <laughs> the canonical reason now, in, in my in my uh, uh, headcanon at least, is that Vader is so upset that she's bold-faced lying to him <laughs> that she could literally be dressed in Padme cosplay and all Vader would be able to hear is Kill Bill Sirens. <laughs> He's like, you're a flippin' liar. <laughs> He's just like, how dare you? The way he like jabs his finger at her. Yeah. You're a rebel spy and a traitor. Take her away. He's so done. But no, the the part that my like my real number three, I guess that was me slipping an honorable mention <laughs> into number three, is when uh when when Vader brings Leia to Tarkin and she says, uh, you know, Governor Tarkin. <laughs> uh, you know, she <laughs> what was it? Gosh, I have it written down. I can't do it off the top of my head because it's it's the OT and not the PT, so I can't quote it. Uh I oh I should have expected <laughs> to find you holding Vader's leash. I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. <laughs> She's so good. I love it. Yeah. I love it too, because especially, you know, they, these two men, Vader and Tarkin, are so tall and she's so short. They absolutely tower over her. And Tarkin tells her, he looks down and says that he just signed her death warrant. You know, they're going to terminate her life. And yet Leia just keeps standing up to him and, you know, says, I, I'm surprised that you had the guts to do it yourself. Like, she, she's not intimidating. It, it reminds me of Poe in the, in the um, in Force Awakens when he's all like, the Resistance will not be intimidated. Like, that's so good that she just keeps standing up for herself and her rebellion, even in the face of death and in the face of these two monsters who would like nothing more than to just kill her in that moment. She's so brave. That's such a good Leia moment. I, I love her bravery in that. And um, mm -hmm. it's, it's, that moment is actually in, uh, the moment with Vader is in uh, the I Am a Princess book. I, I bring it up often because... Uh, we got that book the day Carrie died, and um, oh, gosh, yeah. so the day Carrie died is the day that we got the book in the mail because I had ordered it, and um, I read it to Zoe that day, and pretty much a whole lot of days ever since, it's become her favorite little book, book and uh, she 
she knows it so well that she knows the ending where it, it asks, are you ready to be a hero? Aww. And sometimes she'll ask, Daddy, are you ready to be a hero? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh yeah, I hope so. Yeah. But, it's just, uh, but yeah, she, she interacts with it a ton and she loves it. But I really love a lot of the things that uh, I find in, in Leia. So it's, it's pretty mm -hmm. special. Yeah, like Leia's Leia's strength is so important that that she has that conviction and she can stand up for herself, uh, you know, even in the face of death. That is super and super important. Uh, when I was talking earlier about her vulnerability, I don't mean to disparage her strength, you know, not at all. Yeah. I just mean that you know she can't be that all the time. Nobody can be that all the time. Oh, I agree. So, you know, get, you know, she can be that 90% of the time and then 10% of the time she can look inward and be vulnerable. I, I just think it's super important that we show both and we let our female characters be well-rounded in that way. And so I, I, I've read that little golden book that you talk about and I love that it shows um, all these different facets of Leia, not just her strength. Her strength is important and her strength, I would never take that from her character, but there's so much more going on with her that I love that we can admire every aspect about her, even, even her ability to make friends. You know, yeah, she can be sassy and, you know, smack down all the boys, but she, can, she also has great compassion and, and can make friends. Mm -hmm. My number three moment is uh, mm -hmm. similar to your honorable mention. Uh, I actually chose the Return of the Jedi, I Love You, where she says, I know. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Because <laughs> um, uh, I do, it, it's very romantic in Empire, but in Return of the Jedi, when Han says, I love you, and she's able to say, I know and also show him her gun. <laughs> it, it, like, once again, she's just brave, and even though she's been shot, she's still ready to, like, continue the fight and save his skin yet again. Um, mm -hmm. And so, always thinking on her feet. So she just shoots the stormtrooper. Um, yeah. <laughs> and helps them fight their way out of it. And so it's just kind of, it's a tender moment of showing affection, but it's also uh, her, her cunning to think on her feet. Yeah. No, I, I also quite love how, how the I love you, I love, I, I know, <laughs> circles back on itself yeah. in, in Return of the Jedi. It's, uh, that's really cool. Especially since, like, Oh, a lot of people look at Han Solo, the, the way he says, I know. Uh, for, for me, that's him absolving Leia of, of any guilt that she might feel, that, that she waited so long to tell him. You know, he, he might die. Like, we all know that Han's going to survive <laughs> being frozen in carbonite, but they don't know. So instead of him just saying, I love you too, he's, he's absolving her of, you know, if he dies, then it's okay. He, he always knew. She doesn't need to mourn their lost time. But some people look at that and, and just say, oh, wow, what a badass he is, that he just goes, I know, like, <laughs> like a player or something. That's and not... yeah, yeah, no, people can have their own interpretation. That's fine. If, if they see it as, as a badass Han Solo moment, awesome. <laughs> but, but then that Leia is kind of able to flip it on him <laughs> in Return of the Jedi. And, and he's just like, oh, I love you. And she's just like, yeah, I know. <laughs> 
but it's it is cool it again it makes them equals it makes them partners which you know the best relationships are are partnerships but like in you were mm-hmm. talking about vulnerability when you open yourself up op- up to love someone else you are making yourself vulnerable to the point where they can hurt you um, yeah and so like that's a big risk it's a risk to love others and i think that that's but it's a powerful risk and it's fulfilled mm-hmm. it's it's a meaningful risk when it actually happens. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm all for the romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I hope we get at least a little bit of romance in this new sequel trilogy. Um, you know, people are, are you know saying, does does Star Wars necessarily need romance? And I think I think you need a little. I think romance has always been baked in at least at least somewhat into Star Wars. It doesn't need to be the focus. I'm not saying. You know, Ray necessarily needs to ha- find a boyfriend or a girlfriend in in this new sequel trilogy. But uh, but you know, if somewhere somewhere in the cast someone falls in love or finds love in the midst of this horrible war in the sequel trilogy, I think that would be quite beautiful. Because because you're right, it's you're making yourself vulnerable and and being able to find that even in the darkness i think is is important it's it's a message that was important in the 70s it was important in the 90s and it's important now it's, oh, yeah. it, it will always be important absolutely timeless issue <laughs> that's for sure mhm mhm we're getting into their one and two oh oh my gosh okay do you, do you want me oh. to go first or do you, are you with, able to talk with your number, number 2, two? i i i'm ready i want to i want to do it okay. <laughs> i'm ready my number two favorite Leia moment is when she hugs Rey at the end of Force Awakens and when she tells her, may the Force be with you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get into it. <laughs> um, this was such a huge moment for me in the Force Awakens. Uh, you know, at, at the very end, I remember seeing that movie for the first time and seeing our our female lead Ray come into her own and hearing everyone around me cheer for Ray when she takes up the Skywalker saber I, I my, my heart was so open and so full <laughs> with love for this character and then seeing her you know get off, uh, descend the Falcon, you know, watch, watch the scene where she arrives at the rebel base and, uh, her and Chewie are carrying Finn off the Falcon and, uh, Finn is delivered safely to a gurney. We have a heartbeat, you know, and they all rush off. Uh, Poe is there because <laughs> of course Poe comes running to make sure Finn's okay. And as everybody rushes off and everybody's celebrating, Ray is kind of left alone. She she doesn't know these people. Uh, she doesn't really know what to do or how to fit. But then across the crowd and across the confusion is Leia. And Leia stands out to her and Leia meets her eye and Leia crosses and wraps her up in this big hug. And our two female leads embrace each other and they share this moment of vulnerability and grief and they support each other and lift each other up. It, that, that's so important, not only just as, as a character beat for Rey and Leia, but in the larger context of Star Wars, 
because our female characters in Star Wars are so rarely allowed to interact with each other. They, they stand as islands. <laughs> you know, we can have a strong female character over here, Leia, but what female character does she get to talk to? And, you know, who, you know, does she look to for support? Who are her female friends that she doesn't really have any? And then, of course, we have Padme over there. She's another island where she doesn't really have any female friends or people to talk to. She gets to talk to uh, uh, Queen Jamilia in Attack of the Clones. And, of course, she has her handmaidens in... Um, in uh, The Phantom Menace, but they don't really talk. They don't support each other. Uh, I don't think Padme even addresses her handmaidens, but to give them orders. And here we have Force Awakens, where these two islands finally meet, and they embrace. And in a way, Leia is even passing on her torch, her, her legacy, to Rey, and in, especially when she says, may the force be with you, she's blessing this adventure that Rey is going to go on, where, you know, yeah, Leia, Leia started it all. You know, she, she was our princess. She was, dare I say, our strong female character, and she is holding Rey. And, well, well, when she gives Rey that big hug, I love how that scene is shot where the the very last thing we see is this wide shot. The camera goes out and all the resistance are, are celebrating. You know, they're all jumping and hugging each other. And then completely separate from all of that commotion is just Ray and Leia embracing. You know, the, again, they are an island. And yeah, it's beautiful. Carrie took Daisy in under her wing right from the yeah. get-go. I don't know if you remember the... Uh cast photo of the table reading for mm -hmm. The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. When they first announced the cast, there was, everybody was sitting in a circle and just going through the table reading, and there was a whole lot of backlash with that announcement, because Daisy Ridley was the only female, additional female announced at the time. And so they're like, oh great, another Star Wars saga with one female. <laughs> and so they got a lot of flack for that but I think it immediately Carrie took Daisy under her wing as uh, someone who's been there and gone through it especially uh, dealing with Lucasfilm and the fandom um, and just said you come sit next to me here um, between me and Harrison Ford she would Daisy Ridley was positioned between Carrie and Harrison Ford. And so that day and for months and months after that, everyone expected Daisy to be a solo because she was pos positioned right between Carrie and Harrison Ford. Um, yeah. It's just something that, like, moms do when they take <laughs> a new chick under their wing is they want them Aww. to be close so that they can take care of them and... Um, Guide them, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I remember two things. Uh, one is I remember before The Force Awakens came out, I, I did see a clip or something where uh, Carrie Fisher is talking to Daisy Ridley and she says, don't let them put you in a gold bikini. And Ray just, or Daisy just looks back at her and goes, I won't. You know, like 
that's important. And I just, I, I also remember in the days following the release of The Force Awakens, all of the fanboy rage about how that should have been Chewie's moment when, you know, when he comes off the Falcon and, and Leia singles out someone to go give a hug to. Oh, that should have been Chewie. She got, should have gone to Chewie. And, you know, again, I was talking about how, like, open my heart was and how much I was crying <laughs> when I first saw The Force Awakens. And I'm like, you guys, you're, you're missing it. You're, you're really missing how important and beautiful that scene was to see two female leads like that in Star Wars come together and acknowledge each other in a very real way and have this open, vulnerable moment. Like, you know, of course, Leia and Chewie go way back. Of course, they're going to grieve over Han Solo together. I, I would never deny anybody their fanfic of that. <laughs> right. But that that Leia would reach out to Rey in that moment is is powerful and important. And and um, gosh, I there was something I really wanted to say earlier, but I completely forgot about um, about Leia being vulnerable. And Leia, you know, sensing Han's death and having to sit down and compose herself. Because it's much the same in this moment, too, where she reaches out to Ray and hugs him. Um, there's a quote that comes to mind. And, and you see it a lot on Facebook and Twitter. You know, it, it's, it's a quote that goes around a lot. And it could be seen as trite. But um, when I think about Leia, I think about the quote. Um, it goes, uh, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is the little voice at the end of the day that says, I will try again tomorrow. And I think these scenes really underscore that that quote underscores these scenes because of how how Leia has all this pain. You know, she has these things, of course, that cut her deep. How could it not when she loses her planet, when she loses her son, when her son is in so much pain, when her husband dies, all of these things. But, and yet Leia still gets up every single day, puts her boots on and goes to work. And that's so brave. Of course it's brave to stand up to Tarkin and of course it's brave to stand up to Vader. But sometimes courage is just getting up and trying again tomorrow. And that's always Leia. I love her so much. Yeah, like, I, that just kind of makes me think that Leia is a torchbearer of hope. Like, mm -hmm. she, she's been given hope, and she carries that proudly, and she wants to carry that on till tomorrow. I mean, having the, the courage to think that tomorrow will be a new day. Tomorrow's mm -hmm. a new day with new opportunities for things to get better. Uh, I think so much of our world doesn't think that anymore. We get downtrodden and we focus on the negative. I think we need a lot more of that in our in our world today is just being torchbearers of hope. Man, I I hate to say it, but I am so mad at Luke Skywalker right now. I he better have a good excuse for himself because I, I don't think that he would leave Leia lightly. I'm sure he has an excellent excuse for exiling himself and whatever going off to, to Octo. But the fact that Leia is looking so desperately for Luke and he doesn't answer the call, I'm so upset with him because Le Leia gets up every single day, puts her boots on, 
and fights every single day. And when she calls out to her brother, hey, I need you, I need you, and he doesn't answer her, Luke, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about people who need hope. I think I think Luke needs to sit down with his sister and she needs to give him a little talking to. <laughs> Honest, honestly, everybody needs to sit down and listen to Leia. I think if, uh, if Kylo <laughs> sat down and listened to Leia, things, uh, things might get done. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, there's so many things about the last Jedi <laughs> that I don't want to talk about, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, okay, well, talk, tell me about your number two. <laughs> your number two on the list. Okay, um, my number <laughs> two... <clears throat> Speaking of torchbearers of hope, um, in A New Hope, when they have the Death Star plans on Tantive E4, and Vader is running them down and about to board the ship once again Leia thinks on her feet and is able to create a secret message for Obi-Wan Kenobi and send it to Tatooine in R2-D2 um, when she says help me Obi-Wan Kenobi you're my only hope um, just the ability to to think clearly in a desperate hour um, and to keep those plans out of Vader's grasp because had they been, had Vader captured the plans, all hope would have been lost for the the Rebel Alliance and the ability to bring down the Death Star. Um, so it, it's a critical moment for her to to keep that safe and um, to pass on the baton of hope to Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, she does that by sending R two D two down to Tatooine, and uh, I just think that that's pretty awesome moment yeah. and of course the speech is like so Carrie Fisher and Leia it's not <laughs> even funny when uh when uh Le Carrie Fisher would just recite that speech at the drop of a hat yeah. <laughs> I think it's amazing that she still has it memorized uh -huh. or she you know she had it memorized for her whole life <laughs> uh no I love that moment too and I love when Luke sees her that you know that that it speaks to him on that that deeper level you know of course he's like oh she's beautiful <laughs> like you know there's there's that angle of it but that it's this you know call to it's his greater calling you know to come and help you know and that you know he's like oh I think she might be in trouble play back the message <laughs> that Luke has that that drive that desire to help I think you know speaking of passing the torch, Leia ignites that spark in him. It's her voice that calls out to him and, and calls Luke to be who he needs to be. Which uh, actually ties in super well to my number one, What's if you don't mind. One? Go ahead. Moving on. Yeah, absolutely. My number one Leia moment is uh, her appearance at the end of Rogue One. Gosh, that moment. <laughs> That moment, that was so unexpected to me. I, I didn't think at all that we would see her. Um, I guess I should have called it when, when we saw Tarkin yeah. <laughs> resurrected. <laughs> I guess I guess I should have been like, oh, well, if they could do that with Tarkin, they could do that with Carrie Fisher. But it just, it didn't occur to me. I, I thought at most we would see her ship which, you know, then of course we did. And then I was like, oh, okay, so at most we're going to see the, the back of her head, 
we're, we're going to, to see, you know, her, her costume. We're not going to see her face. But then actually seeing the Death Star plans delivered into her hand, the way she reaches out to take it. And then what is it they've sent us? And she turns and she just has that little smile and she says, hope. That hit me so hard. I, I could not have predicted I honestly, I couldn't have predicted how hard any of Rogue One was going to hit me. Uh, I, I had a feeling, of course, all of our main characters would die. I, I remember driving to the theater and uh, <laughs> and going, oh, these guys are all toast. Like, I was joking, but that was my honest guess, was that these guys were all toast. And, you know, because, of course, of course they have to get the Dark Star Palance. I've seen the OT. This is how the story goes. I, I know the story. I know how it ends. But actually, there's something about actually seeing it and seeing Leia jump into hyperspace and, and, and we're off into the original trilogy. That was the perfect payoff for the journey of Rogue One. And there the sacrifice of Rogue One, where they they all they they gave all they had just for the chance of hope. It was and it was nothing more or less than hope. Just just a chance. <laughs> that was that was all they needed. It was kinda like Jin said, you know, we'll use this chance and the next until the day is won or the chances are spent. Right. I think and that yeah. There was such mm-hmm. a desperation in the way that she says hope and it, in the story of Rogue One where they're fighting a losing battle against the Empire. It's been 19 years since the Empire started. Like, it, things do not look bright and cheery and positive. Um, but she understood that the plans to the Death Star did contain hope. And, it, like, the glimmer, the chance to... to make things better in the galaxy like I think yeah. that that's just pretty awesome well I remember watching Rogue One for the first time and when Cassian says do you think anyone is listening you know anyone up there do you think anyone's listening and Jin says yes she knows there is I actually sobbed out loud Leia yeah you know, I, I didn't, of course, I didn't know that we would actually see her, but because I've seen the OT, to me, Leia was that someone that was listening because I knew that the Death Star plans had to end up in her hands some way or another. And then, of course, actually seeing it, I, I, I had already cried <laughs> a lot seeing everybody die and seeing, you know, that they were all more or less okay with it. <laughs> You know, knowing that they had done the job, they all had done what they needed to do to, you know, to make sure all the pieces had gone into place. You know, Bodhi hooks up the comm tower, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, everybody plays their part. And once their part, you know, once they've played it, they, they, they die. And, and they all, they're all satisfied. You know, it's enough just to have played this small role and then seeing, you know, it, there was there was something about seeing it go directly into Leia's hands. That was the ultimate payoff. Where it has, it was enough. Every, the role everybody played, it was enough to get these plans exactly where they needed to be. And then of course, I just I just go completely off the rails thinking about 
well, why is Leia exactly where she needs to be? Leia is where she needs to be because of love, because Bail Organa and, and Brea, they opened their hearts and their home to, a, to an orphan child. Mm-hmm. And that put Leia exactly where she needed to be to accept those Death Star plans and to race off. And then those plans make it to Luke, and Luke is exactly where he needs to be to get those Death Star plans because of love, because Owen and Beru opened their hearts and their homes to a child that wasn't theirs. And and just none of these things happened by accident. No. You know, the, the force, in a way, put them where they need to be. And that is a, such a powerful statement to me about how love endures and love prevails in the end, you know, uh, Palpatine, of course, has all these machinations to give rise to an empire, and yet the downfall of his empire, the seeds of that downfall, go so much further back than anybody even realizes. It's this chain of love, all these people choosing love and hope that ultimately, and you know, end in Palpatine's downfall. You know, how do we dismantle this empire? Well, it's because people like Galen chose love instead of despair. You know, Galen talks about in his message to Jin, you know, he thought about ending his own life. He, you know, Galen's a very calculating person and he thought about all the different ways that he could solve this problem that he's in. You know, that they're building a Death Star. The whole galaxy is going to be enslaved to the Empire, you know, and, and what role am I going to play in this? How How does he solve this problem? And he chooses love. He chooses hope. You know, he, he could have been caught trying to uh, to sabotage the, the Death Star. You know, at any moment he could have been caught, but he hoped that he wouldn't. And he hoped that this plan would succeed. And he did it because he loved Jin. And then, you know, and then, and then why, why is Luke even with Owen and Beru in the first place? Well, because Shmi and Klieg loved each other. <laughs> and, and that made Owen Luke's uncle. Yeah. So just, I, I've gone completely off the rails from talking about Leia, but this is, you know, that there was something about seeing Leia specifically, a Skywalker, being exactly where she needed to be and accept those dark Death Star plans and then race off into the OT, you know, as we iris out, it was so perfect. It just lined up all these pieces for me and and made something very profound that it touches me very deeply about how just the smallest seeds of love can topple an empire. As Chirrut would say, all is as the force wills it. Yes. uh, Mm -hmm. I think that there is something to what you're saying that everyone was in the position where they were supposed to be for hope to succeed. Mm -hmm. I think that we're going to get into some of the interesting uh, debates to see if there is a will of the force. Uh, in mm-hmm. the future what does that mean between the light side and the dark uh, yeah that'll be interesting yeah well for me it's you know the if all is as the force wills it you know they they all had these destinies to play then you know the the force would never ask you it would never give you a destiny that you wouldn't want where you know Jin ends up exactly where she needs to be and she is she chose it this is what she wanted and and that her playing into her destiny her accepting 
her destiny, you know, accepting her, the will of the force is exactly what then allows hope and love to prevail. That's just a thought, just a thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to close this out, my number one is from A New Hope. Uh, when Leia shoots the <laughs> into the garbage chute flyboys someone has to save our skins uh, <laughs> like she, once again she's not a damsel in distress like typically a lot of princesses have this stereotype where they're a damsel in distress and they need someone to save them I don't think anyone needs to save Leia and I kind of like that um, I kind of want that for my daughter to some degree mm -hmm. um want her to be confident and self-sufficient and capable which I, I she's more than capable she's amazing and I love her to death um, but I, I think that it, it's an awesome trait that Leia can take charge of them a situation and help them find a way out yeah, basically, she just needed them to open the door. That was all she needed. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, um, you're right. She's completely in charge of every moment. She's not just going to stand back and, you know, let, <laughs> let the boys completely botch everything up. <laughs> she sees what a desperate situation they're in. And just because they're loud and blustery and just because they they open the door for her, she doesn't owe them anything. She is going to take charge. She sees a way out. So into the garbage chute, like no questions, just do it because she she knows what's up. They're in a bad, bad way and she's going to get them out of it. I mean, even in the uh, mm -hmm. in Return of the Jedi, when she's in the gold bikini, the Hut Slayer Mm -hmm. a lot of people would think that she's a damsel in distress that she needs to be saved um, mm -hmm. especially in that situation where she's you know, mortified and whatever mm -hmm. um, but during the the, the battle uh, she kills Jabba and then not only did that she frees herself or two mm -hmm. breaks her chains so that she can pretty much save herself to the point where she's yep. on deck when Luke is there that he can just they can escape to this skiff. Um, yeah. So again, she just she just needed them to open the door. Like, <laughs> you know, R two gives her that little helping hand, but then it's completely in her own hands. She takes complete charge once you know R two uh, cuts her chains. Yeah. Mm hmm So that kind of wraps us up. Our, yeah. Our top five moments of Leia. That's pretty awesome. That is really awesome. I, oh my gosh, I had so much fun with this conversation. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I'm looking forward to next week as a little tease. I think we're going to tackle our top five moments of the Phantom Menace. I think you might have a hard <laughs> time nailing it down to just five. <laughs> I uh, I might have some feelings about the Phantom Menace. <laughs> do, 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 yeah. And I, I have, I'm pretty sure Darth Maul is going to appear in several of those moments. 
I'll try. I'll try not to make Darth Maul, you know, four of my five moments. <laughs> it's okay if you do. I mean, he I, he does have a special place in your heart. Very special, yes. <laughs> so, if you have any, uh, if you would like to share your top five moments, where can they do that? Oh yes. Listeners? Absolutely. Yeah. If our listeners want to, uh, you know, give us some feedback or tell us, you know, some of your favorite moments from the Phantom Menace, you can reach out to us at moonjockeyspod on Twitter, or you can send us an email at moonjockeyspodcast at gmail.com. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. Like, I know I love feedback. Brian, do you love feedback? I love it. <laughs> well, if people want to reach out to you personally, where can they do that? At Balls and Play twitter and instagram very cool yeah and if people want to reach out to me again i'm katie uh you can hit me up on twitter at poe hot dameron because poe's amazing and i love him <laughs> and gosh yeah did brian that about that finishes things up i think can't wait for next week yep. of course thank you again to everybody who listened in and of course remember the force will be with you 